It's the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie, and Benno. Experience, uh, World of Sports special. I'm your host Martin Bushby, and joining me are Richard Benson and Ollie Court. Guys, you uh, had to hold the fort on on your own um, this past Wednesday. Um, how did that go? Great show. Thanks for holding it down for us. And uh, how are you handling uh, this hot weather we've been having, Benno? It's okay. I kind of we shouldn't complain. It's very British, isn't it, to talk about the weather? But I've heard like, in my work now we're allowed to go in in shorts, which is just it's an office. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I'd rather it stayed like this and we were sweltering in forty degree heat in the office if if I can continue to do that. So yeah, we'll all, we'll all be complaining about the rain in a month. So we should probably uh, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, it seems we were complaining about the snow not so long ago, Ollie, <laughs> weren't we? Yeah, um, <laughs> as Benno said, typically very British of us. Um, oh yeah, I've been enjoying the sun, and especially today, it's gotten a lot cooler. So, you know, gonna <laughs> go out into the garden and watch some G- G1 Climax maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a perfect Sunday to me. So yeah, like, like an outed at the start, we had to talk about uh, the new World of Sport special. Uh, a year and a half after the original comeback special, uh, we're back on ITV at uh, 5pm primetime on a Saturday night for a new 10-part series and obviously this is airing at the same time that um, WWE are doing their first NXT UK show in Cambridge so uh, lots of big things happening in the British wrestling scene so we um, the show opened with uh, Alex Shane SoCal Val on the on commentary a uh, crowd was really hot seemed to be lots of families and uh, a few smatterings of uh, hardcore fans in in the audience and uh, Stu Bennett came out who was just the executive I'm not sure if he was the executive producer the executive vice chairman or what just uh, came out as the executive um, kept saying uh, WOS wrestling in his his opening promo I mean Ollie do you think uh, WOS wrestling it doesn't quite roll off the top, <laughs> does it? It does, yeah. Well, the alternative is like Woss, uh, bringing it back to <laughs> you know Jonathan Ross or whatever. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's just I don't know. Like this, I thought this was the, pretty much the worst way to start off the show by stealing the script for this week's uh, WWE Raw um, and have the GM coming out <laughs> talking and getting interrupted by a wrestler and setting up a match for the main event um, because it just it doesn't. Like, you'd just be really, really confused if you'd never seen wrestling before or any, like, casually glanced at it. If you're a casual fan, checking this out for the first time. But they were starting off with talking and who is Stu Bennett and what is going... Why is SoCal Val called SoCal Val? I believe my dad asked me that. Um, It's just, it was a lot of information to process uh, (laughs) one minute into the show. Whereas I think just starting off with a match would have been you know easier for people to get into i think it's almost like there's a temptation isn't there when people put wrestling shows together they think oh wrestling show you know everyone knows vince mcmahon and steve austin so everyone will get it if we have a a big heel gm british (laughs) wrestling legend apparently Stu bennett it's been Uh, the same way for the last 20 years yeah (laughs) keeps bringing up they described him as like well traveled Stu bennett didn't he i suppose well traveled with one company um he's good in the role i'm sick of the heel gm trope i did admit I was kind of thinking they brought back the the old world of sport music. We had the same ring announcer. I would have loved for Mr. Beasley to come back from the pilot. He was <laughs> he was a man that you could stand by, you know, a neutral Jack Tunney style GM. 
but no, uh, they've gone the other route. Yeah, it's just a, it's very much a wrestling trope, and I think it's just uh, something they they obviously felt like they had to do. And if it leads to something with Bennett, and he you know he gets in the ring eventually, I think you know that's a way to get there, and that's that's something interesting. It's a bit of a hook. Well, um, I never thought I'd hear you say that, then it'll bring back Mr. Beasley. <laughs> but anyway, um, as you know, there, obviously, Stu Bennett opened it up with a uh, promo. He said he wanted to get rid of the Jokers from wrestling, and out came Grado as the champion uh, from the special that they screened uh, a year and a half ago. And um, he, he sort of waltzed to the ring and gave his hat to a very, very unimpressed child in, in the front row. Um, his entrance theme was nowhere near as good as his uh, ICW one, but obviously getting the rights to a Madonna song is quite tricky, I imagine. And um, it was quite amusing. Grado came out and said um, that he was fit because he walks his dog three times a day, which got, uh, got a <laughs> laugh out of me. And uh, Stu Bennett said he wasn't having Grado as a champion, so he set up a five-way number one contender's elimination match uh, between Justin Sy and Shaw Samuel, Rampage, Brown, Crater, and Adam Maxted. And Stu Bennett then went over and joined Alex Shane and SoCal Val on the commentary. I mean, Crater dominated um, the opening of this, didn't he, Ollie? I mean, he was massive, huge guy, uh, mainly wrestles around around the north of the UK, someone that you're quite familiar with, uh, Benno. Yeah, he, he normally wrestles as Alex Cyanide. Well, Cyanide, it used to be Alex Cyanide. He, he started out in a tag team with Jack uh, Gallagher, actually, when Jack Gallagher was Jack Toxic and they were called Lethal Dose. Uh, he's a very friendly-looking chap. Maybe that's why they threw the mask on him. Mm. Uh, and obviously they couldn't call him Cyanide either because of you know, the, <laughs> the obvious implications there. So they came up with Crater. Um, yeah, I thought it, it gives you... It's, he's a bit of a... I suppose if you're trying to do a throwback to old-school British wrestling, what's, mm. what's more throwback? back than a, than, a, than a big guy coming out um it's a little bit shindy but i thought he did all right in the role you know what did what were your thoughts on this opening uh match here ali i mean there were lots lots of things going on here <laughs> yeah once again a lot to process like they went straight from the talky talky segment to just five guys walking down a ramp and suddenly <laughs> start attacking each other <laughs> it, again just a really weird way to start the show like obviously if if and what and as benno said um like they felt like they had to start with the Monday Night Raw talking segment to set up a match later in the show, um, because that's just how you start wrestling shows. Apparently, that's what we've been told. <laughs> no one can think otherwise. I think the much better way of starting it would have been that Osprey uh, Davy Boy match, which we got to and we'll get to in this show. But the actual match itself wasn't too bad here. Like they got over everyone. They started off with five heavyweights which i think is probably a conscious choice they didn't want to they wanted to hide the little lads a little bit <laughs> um and crater yeah he's just i mean i can get down for what he is the giant haystacks <laughs> tribute act <laughs> um and he's probably going to get very pushed in that role be greater is big bad for the series and it is silly but you know it, this is silly wrestling so it kind of works and the <laughs> the ending of the match just being so screwy and dusty yeah. not the way you want to start off it, it leaves a very bad first impression <laughs> and again like my parents were kind of questioning why <laughs> there was a f five people fighting each other all at once and who actually won the match at the end it was yeah, yeah not best foot forward you want to keep things simple, don't you, for a, for a new audience? I think yeah. Yeah, your parents are a good bar barometer of that because, yeah, yeah it, it, I, I think first impressions, like you say, are so important. And it was kind of like this was our 
obviously there was the pilot last year, but you know, they saw first impression of what they're going to do in ring. And there was lots of replays and there was kind of it was shot differently. Wasn't it like weird, yeah, close some very weird well. Just, angles. They shot some of the moves from, yeah, it was like the, the opener match in that, uh, Slammiversary pay-per-view last weekend. And I think t- impact got some stick and stopped doing it. Whereas they obviously, uh, maybe they've got the same team here or something. It's like this new way of shooting wrestling. And I think that production style, Plus the fact that there was so much going on. Plus, as Ollie mentioned, you, you start with a multi-man match where nobody really, you know, if you're coming in as a casual, you're not going to really understand what the, the rules are here. Yeah. Uh, it's just they, a lot to process. My parents did say that they wanted, like, an explanation of the rules and, like, <laughs> you know, how do you actually win the match when it's five people? And, like, they were confused as to why they were all ganging up on one guy. It was, yeah, yeah a one-on-one encounter would have been just an easier way to get into it and mm. like educate a new audience about what wrestling is. But instead they went WWE raw <laughs> with I it. Think, I think the, the, I mean, the wrestlers being relatively simple characters does help in that regard. You know, yeah. the fact that Shaw Samuels and rampage, the, they had no association really on the, on the pilot, but it's just established the bodies and the helping each other. Everyone yeah. can understand that can't they? And mm. that gets you into it. It's just, yeah, like you say, it's the rest of it. And, and that finish just, I mean, why would you? I, I don't understand the decision to to open your show with making one making your referee look an absolute fool with Steve Linsky not realizing that the Rampage Brown had got back in the ring. I'm a we're all seasoned wrestling fans, aren't we? We were all look. I'm sure we were all looking at it going. I've, trying to make sense of it ourselves so if you're watching as a, as a newcomer then that kind of ref incompetence um just probably made no sense there and the likes of us who've been watching forever and the likes of people i was following along on twitter it just gives people an, an excuse to jump on it as well and just go what are they doing these guys don't know what they're doing and like ollie said probably the the better foot forward would have been the second match rather than this because everyone seemed very confused yeah, as much as the ending was confusing, I thought it was good that they, everyone managed to get some uh, offense in and showed some of their uh, spectacular moves, especially just in size. I mean, obviously, mm. he caught his foot on the rope doing a tote, which was a... Uh, which is obviously really unfortunate, but I thought he got some uh, big moves in and looked looked really impressed, impressive, rather. Um, and then, obviously, at the end, Bennett had a go at the ref for messing the count up, and he made uh, the main event of the show a three-way between Rampage, Brown, Grado, and Justin Sizem for the WOS wrestling title. You still can't get used to saying that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we were moving on to uh, the match that everyone was anticipating coming into this one was uh, Will Ospreay taking on uh, David Boy Smith Jr., an international dream match, they called it. Um, Smith did a lot of his uh, dad's old moves, such as the standing suplex. Uh, Ospreay was spectacular as always, wasn't he, doing all his signature moves. Uh, even got a chant of, this is awesome, sort of midway through the match. Uh, bit weird hearing Alex Shane describe Ospreay as Harry Potter, and then and then he described him as Gandalf, and I was like, wow, we've gone <laughs> I wasn't really sure what was going too, yeah. on about that. <laughs> and obviously the thing that everyone was talking about after the match, because obviously they didn't want any product placement in there, so the uh, Cheeky Nando's kick was called the Cheeky Fernando's kick. So, uh, yeah, Davey <laughs> yeah, Boy picked up the win, but it was all about Osprey here, wasn't it, Ollie? Oh, yeah, I mean, seeing Will Osprey on TV was, you know, a, a bit of a fanboy moment for me. Like, that was really cool, um, just away from anything to do with the show. Um, and he, it's literally impossible for him to have a bad match. Mm. So, you know, this was you know, a very good way to sort of get people further into the show. Like, my parents were sort of being a bit weird about it after the first segment, but this one they were really into, actually. Um, 
you know, I sort of introduced Will Ospreay to them, said he was really good, <laughs> and that sort of hyped them up a bit. Um, and he certainly delivered on on what I hyped him up to be. Um, there was a lot of editing in this match, so you can't really judge it as like a complete match as you would on like an indie show. But you know, this was <laughs> this was actually getting really, really good. And if it had like five more minutes, it could have you know potentially challenged four star territory. So <laughs> from a, a nerdy work rate perspective, this was <laughs> actually really, really good and fun yeah. to see. Um, I'm not like the name British Bulldog didn't resonate with either of my parents, so I'm not sure like what they're trying to do with like hyping him up as British Bulldog Junior and <laughs> coming out with the British flag, but also having a Canadian flag on his pants. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I don't know that might go back to the drawing board a little bit because I don't know if he's like the cultural touchstone that they're making him out to be. Um, but yeah. It, this was a much stronger foot forward for the show than the opening segment, which was WWE light. This was, you know, two guys having a wrestle and it was really good. Mm. I think, I think it should have, as you say, it should have gone on first. I think that's the, the first thing to get out the way, but I did think it kind of, it went away to, I don't know, taking some of the bad taste that people seem to have from that first match. And just, this is the, this matches for us, isn't it? Our, our type of fans. And this is, you know, what, what we want to see out of this show is people like Will Ospreay being given a platform to absolutely kill it. Just getting to see Will Ospreay on TV doing his nutty dives and going through all his offense. Uh, it's a bit of a shame the edit and seemed to focus on him taking a body Sam and a suplex. Some of the, <laughs> the production choices are really strange in what they choose to, to reshow and and what they don't um but yeah i don't think anyone could watch this and not come away or will osprey fan i thought it was weird that the that alex shane described him as the the viral wrestler that sounds like something mm. else altogether but we'll we'll let that go but it felt like all in all a great showing for him and i, I mean i probably push back on the bulldog junior being a cultural touchstone thing i, I would maybe it's a generational thing but I, I do think people remember you know the british bulldog well and if you ask people to name a British wrestler, I think his name, Big Daddy's name, are the, are the names that come up. So I, can, I do understand why they're, they're trying to do it. It just, yeah, maybe it is a little bit hokey. And especially with him coming out with that Canadian flag on the uh, the back of his trunks, like you mentioned, Dolly, that doesn't, that just, that's just a little bit of a, a weird branding issue. But yeah, I can't complain too much about this one because I just thought it was a, a really, really strong match that would fit anywhere else. It was in some ways worked in, you know, your traditional heel uh, face manner. There was a very long heat it felt from British Bulldog Junior from Harry Smith. But, you know, it, again, it, it seemed to turn people around this one. And when they got into the, the big kickouts and, you know, the big stuff and the big power slam at the end, it, it just uh, it just made me think, yeah, probably should have started with this, lads. So this would have been maybe the right foot to, uh, to kick off on rather than all the soap operas type stuff at the start. But... Yeah, we got a match like this on British TV in front of probably a million, exactly. two million people. So it's mm -hmm. great stuff, isn't it? Exactly. And it was, yeah, I was certainly hyped after watching this, but um, they didn't even give you a chance to sort of like digest that one because we were straight to the back with Rachel Stringer, <laughs> who was uh, sort of the backstage reporter and she was on uh, the previous special. And uh, other people might have seen her sort of present a variety of sports programs. I know she um, does a lot of, she used to do a lot of football focus on BBC and she's done a variety of. Uh, different sports things so i can see why they picked her to be the uh backstage person you know with a background in sort of like sports reporting and what have you and uh 
Juzo with the uh, WOS Tag Team Belts uh, for the future Tag Team Tournament. And uh, she's interrupted by Kip Sabian and Yestin Reese. And uh, obviously they were doing the, the heel act, said they were going to win the uh, title belts. And I think uh, Sabian's a good cocky heel. And uh, obviously Yestin Reese looks absolutely fantastic. So he's sort of the muscle to uh, Kip Sabian's uh, young cocky heel. So I think they the dynamic between them two... Uh, works pretty well and I thought Rachel Stringer was a uh, pretty decent for a non-wrestling personality and then after that we were back to the ring where we had Martin Kirby and Joe Hendry and Hendry um has had his usual entrance here which really made him stand out for the others who basically had generic music and their opponents were Kip Sabian and Yestin Reese who were loudly booed by the crowd I mean Ollie um it was interesting to see that Hendry was uh, instantly over with the crowd with his uh, usual entrance here yeah, Hendry's like perfect for this kind of TV wrestling, and he has experience of that in America. So it's no surprise that he was able to leverage being the good guy in this match a bit better um, than someone else might be able to. Um, definitely a good showing from him. Um, and yeah, the team of Kip Sabian and Rees, that is a good team that they can probably hang their hat on a bit over the course of the series. Um, we sort of praised Sabian and said that he'd be a good fit for this kind of show on Wednesday. So. I think he certainly fulfilled that hype as well. Um, as far as this match goes, it was kind of standard tag team, get the heat wrestling. <laughs> and mm. then obviously the hot tag was denied by Kirby. And like, I've again, I was using my parents as kind of a, a sounding board for non-wrestling fans in this one. And they really didn't like that angle with Kirby jumping off because they said that it made it seem more unbelievable like it it was sort of <laughs> exposing the business like because they were doing such like tropey stuff that it made it harder to actually care about the actual match and i kind of completely agree with them <laughs> again they're copying wwe like we've all seen that a million times in wwe that exact angle playing out and it just it doesn't it feels like they're just doing it because they feel like they have to rather than because they want to <laughs> yeah. um i'm not sure what you thought of it Benno. Yeah, I kind of, I think he Kirby is better as a heel. Yeah, that's why I was sorry to just, just interrupt you out. So I was going to say because obviously he came out here as a face here, but he's a he's a natural mm-hmm. heel, Benno. Yeah, he is, and I think that's uh, if we've gotten to that point, so great. I mean, obviously they could have just brought him out as a heel straight away <laughs> and avoided all of this because a heel turn on episode one. Uh, I'm not so so sure on that, but yeah, Martin definitely agree uh, that that that's probably Kirby's best role. And it's yeah, again, it's more sports entertainmenty type stuff, isn't it? And they're obviously thinking, you know, this is this is what we'll we'll get over to a mainstream audience. But you know, you, you've set up Kirby now, and you've got a, a relatively strong heel to run with, and I'm sure he'll run with the ball. I mean, he's someone who's absolutely earned the opportunity. Mm. Someone who people always rave about. I think we talked about him last year, didn't we, when we were saying of people that didn't seem to be on the the WWE or the original ITV radar. Where's Martin Kirby? So he's got his chance now, and now it's it's up to him to take it. Um, and yeah, just just another, you know, Ollie mentioned there, Kip Sabian and Easton Rees. I think Rees obviously made for TV look, um, so he'll be. I think I think I think they'll they'll take care of him well. But Kip Sabian, I mean, I think in ring sometimes he's not for me but as a character i think he really works i've seen him in in smaller rooms really you know carry uh he has a bit of a, a poise about him and you know you were just mentioned martin about the the pre the pre-match interview and he, he he really i thought he had quite a bit of poise there and came came across like a big character and those 
types of characters and those types of promos are going to be really important going forward. So I think as a as a combination, I think they they kind of make up for each other's weaknesses, and they're, they're probably uh, two to watch going forward. And two, I'd imagine they're going to be getting very heavily behind uh, here. Uh, Joe Henry. Uh, just on the other side, uh, the, the the scene with you know obviously with Kirby turning on him, got to give some credit to Joe Joe Henry as well. I thought with Kirby leaving, he was really good as the Valiant Babyface. Ollie mentioned yeah. it was a very very kind of you know patented tag team match. This was you know every tag team match you've ever seen. But I thought he was good. I didn't like him doing a double fall away slam to to Reese and Sabian, considering Reese is supposed to be the strong man. <laughs> but I thought he looked really good. And yeah. Tailor made for TV, tailor made for ITV TV on a Saturday night. <laughs> I, can, I can see the crossovers now with Joe Hendry. So, yeah, I think uh, some good characters in this match, and certainly four people to watch going forward. Yeah, because Alex Shane uh, played up his uh, Commonwealth uh, wrestling experience as well, didn't he? So towards mm-hmm. the end of the match, he didn't outright say it, but he said uh, said a lot about uh, a lot about Commonwealth wrestling. And um, obviously, Kip Sabian, Justin Reese advanced to the semi-finals of the tag tournament. We're not quite sure who's going to be uh, in the rest of this tag tournament because uh, <laughs> you couldn't see the, the face. Was up and gone, uh, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was be- part of the pacing of the show it just come up and i was trying to take my notes and then it'd be gone again i think they just had like a bunch of you know vacant wrestlers like they didn't actually announce what the bracket was so even if it was up for long enough you wouldn't have seen anybody <laughs> so uh we had a quick break and then uh we were out for the main event uh rampage came out flanked by shaw samuels and uh benno's mate cj banks uh this seems like a pretty decent heel faction here benno um, yeah, <laughs> CJ Banks not a fan of, uh, of some of the things I've said about him in the past, but I, I do. Uh, I think he's a very, very good wrestler, and yeah, it, it kind of gets interesting. They've they've set this up now and have. I think the the pilot was a big part of it was setting up having you know a, a big heel group, and they've obviously gone that route again, and similar to the pilot as well. They very much did the the one night story thing again. Um, they like that, you know, a self-contained one hour block of TV. So yeah, I, I think again, tropey um, and kind of, you know, I, I I think I like Rampage Brown. I'm glad that there's a promotion, you know, taking a chance with him and, and putting him on top. This is the type of, you know, a very family friendly kind of promotion. I think this is the type of promotion where I think he'll really uh, do do really strong work. So I do like that that set up there. Um, and I think it was important as well to, to get the belt off Grado uh, and switch things up a little bit because I think that was... You know, the pilot was was enjoyable, but I don't think that's the way to go forward. So I think in yeah, in setting up that heel group and and going forward with a with a heel champion, I think it's going to really um, I don't know set thing, set uh, different stories in motion and maybe give it a different feel um, than the pilot had. So yeah, I definitely definitely like that placement of Rampage, and I thought he looked uh, really strong in the match here. It was your typical uh, three-way, wasn't it? The two of them working while one was on the outside. Um, I thought Sizem looked really good in this. He, uh, he's obviously got a great look, and um, he had a spectacular 360 off the top for a, a guy of his size. It looked amazing. Uh, Grado was obviously super over with the with the crowd. And, uh, yeah, like you know there, Benno, it, it is good that they've uh, taken the belt off Grado. I think it'll uh, make a nice dynamic having this uh, heel faction led by rampage as the as the champion obviously picked up the win here with the implant ddt and uh ollie what were your thoughts on this main event and uh moving forward with uh, rampage brown as the heel champion yeah rampage is definitely a good guy to have on top for you know the run of the series and yeah grado yeah was a fun champion to have at the end of 
you know, a single special on New Year's Eve, but he's not the kind of series champion that you want. I don't think that would really have the legs to sustain itself. Um, but whereas, yeah, with Rampage and the heel faction, again, it's <laughs> it's another WWE thing, but it does work and it has been known to work on the indie level as well to have these heel factions. So um, we'll see what they can do with it. Rampage is definitely a guy I'm happy that they're giving him the ball and running with it. Um, and also Justin Sizem, as you say, really raised his stock on this show. I don't think a lot of people have seen too much of him because he hasn't mm-hmm. worked in the really trendy places yet for whatever reason. Obviously, he's got his shoot job to <laughs> look out for as well. So uh, he's probably a bit busy and c- can only get in wrestling dates when on his off days. So, uh, yeah, it was really a really good showing from him across the two matches he was in. And, yeah, I mean, look at him. He's ripped to the gills. So <laughs> they can certainly do something with him. And I think yeah. ITV will be loving him. He's <laughs> just... Tonight. He's perfect, isn't he? For like you say, and I, an ITV executive is going to look at him and think, "Star, he was yeah. a he's just a great white meat baby face, isn't he?" I think at times, maybe you know, this match, it's there were, there were a couple of times with there being two baby faces in there, and Grado's doing a lot of his comedy stuff, and uh, Sizem's kind of having to laugh along with Grado, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. it was a little bit cheesy at times. That was very cheesy bit. for a title match, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Grado I, can only get serious so often. That's the thing, isn't it? And you've got to walk that line as well in kind of, I think, you're onto a loser straight away. You set up a project like this. You know, you go in for a broad family audience. You go in for kids to watch it. And kids especially, you know, if you're not WWE straight away, you're not the cool thing. So you've got an uphill battle. And if your baby faces are just that little bit too cheesy, I don't think that helps really. I think the way he's being portrayed is designed to appeal to those types of fans. But I wonder sometimes whether, yeah, it, 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 it'd be easy to step too far in that direction and I suppose that's another reason why again yeah I'm happy that maybe Grado will will step aside from the you know the main the main event scene and maybe you know maybe a slightly not fully you know more harder edge uh, size and but maybe a little bit more serious uh from him and you know being on his own in main events and maybe being the the chasing baby face would be uh, a good route to go with him because yeah Rampage will be, be a great heel foil for him and Sizem is someone who, as you as you both said, look great here and is someone that's untapped, someone that you don't see working absolutely everywhere else, and someone that ITV could could definitely make into their their own star. So I'll definitely be uh, be watching out for him. And uh, yeah, I think the the sky's the limit really with him. I think it was a I, I maybe wouldn't have going in, put him in the main event, but and I, I probably wouldn't have made it a three way either. But now that they did it, uh, I think yeah, I think it was a good shout. And yeah, there's the plenty of places to go with him. And then uh, they had a trailer for next week. Uh, they said there's going to be a ladder match, continuation of the tag team tournament, and a three-way match between uh, Kaylee Ray Viper and uh, B Priestley for the women's title. And that was uh, episode one. I mean, obviously, this was way better than the special they had uh, Christmas 2016. Lots of action to keep you entertained. Maybe a, a bit too much action. You know, it's, it's hard to keep up with it <laughs> some point so i mean uh we'll just go through some of the bits here i mean ollie who do you think came across best in this show uh, for a wrestling standpoint well obviously will osprey <laughs> uh, first and foremost i mean he got people into this show as we say after that first segment people on twitter as well as in my own house were a bit umming and ahhing about it all and <laughs> you know a bit not into it uh i think that match really got people going and actually through to the end of the show so <laughs> Will Ospreay kind of saved the episode and from there it, it did go uphill a bit um 
and again, Sizem definitely looked strong. Adam Maxted, you know, <laughs> it took about two seconds for him to mention Love Island. <laughs> and that's Love Island, Adam Maxted. That's like his full yeah. name now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Kip Sabian. I'm glad they gave him some promo time and sort of established that promo time is a thing that will happen on the show. Um, he's definitely a guy you can give a mic to, and he came off really well in that. So yeah, it was sort of all those guys, all those Love Island heel types <laughs> who came across really well. Yeah, I think they're they're the ones that are going to work, aren't they, for for an audience like this? I think that yeah. that's that's the important thing. We can say, you know, Osprey and DBS Junior was kind of that's that's the match for us. That's the match for for fans yeah. like us. But yeah, the Love Island Titans is is exhausting as it got those are the types of things that are going to be i think they'll be thinking will appeal more to a, a mainstream audience so yeah i think this uh mini promotion is going to live or die on the strength of those characters and the strength of some of those heels as we mentioned there the, the eastern rees i think is someone okay he was in a little bit in the background with kip sabian but i thought he looked good for his role and he's someone who again i think will be important he's someone who's he's not about promo himself either um they're the types of wrestlers that i think this is going to be built around but as long as they can yeah give us a bit of everything then your likes of will osprey and people uh, like that are, are going to shine as well so there was, i think there were plenty of uh standout wrestlers for a first show and uh you know i wasn't feeling uh that strongly about the, the pilot all, all the way back in 2016 so definitely more positive on that front and uh, the commentary we had alex shane obviously uh been on the brit rest scene uh forever and he does a commentary for uh ngw uh and he was with so Val, who obviously people remember from tna who's now living over here in the uk and uh and Stu bennett kept joining them at random intervals and uh what are your thoughts on the commentary about now i wasn't looking forward to it going in but i thought uh, they all did a pretty decent job they all you know had defined character you know alex shane was the sort of like babyface commentator Stu uh, bennett's uh, uh, sort of like heel GM character. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Alex Shane fan. I've got to be honest. Um, I think here, I think I, I almost think in modern wrestling, I think the standard of commentary is quite low. And I, I always think like some of the, the the better commentators are the people who kind of almost bleed into the background. And I know that sounds like a really backhanded comment, but if I'm not noticing you, it's almost a good thing with commentary these days because <laughs> there's so many obtuse, awful commentators. And I did think they were all, I think they were okay. Uh, they were definitely, they weren't glaringly bad in any way. I don't think, there wasn't a huge amount of substance from SoCal Val. Uh, Alex Shane obviously knows the wrestlers and he fills in little bits, bits of history. He likes to uh, to bring up the history, especially the the NGW type guys because they're, they're his guys. And in some in some areas of this show, it did feel like a little bit of an advert for NGW and that, uh, that Butlins contract that they're going after. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, I think they did okay. I think the best combinations you mentioned there, Martin, but when, when Stu Bennett was in the booth, I think he was the best of the three. Um, I think he's. I'd rather have him. Uh, I know he's the he's the GM as well, but I'd rather they keep him in the booth. I think he's the strongest of the three. And yeah, I mean, the thing is about British wrestling, there's not a huge amount of great commentators about. Um, we've obviously got strong feelings on some of the the progress lot. Rev Pro's commentary is not always the strongest. Um, so obviously, when they lost Jim Ross, they were probably uh, trying to work out who they could bring in and. A little bit surprised when they went with with a SoCal Val rather than you know someone like a Matt Richards or just someone British. I mean that that probably would yeah. have been my call. Uh, but they were again they weren't offensively bad. Um, and again, if I'm going to give a, a commentator a credit, then that's probably the highest credit I can give with some British commentary. So yeah, inoffensive is probably the word for me. 
I mean, as far as the production went, this was very much uh, ITV Saturday night, wasn't it? Very bright, very brass, loud colours. Um, but, I mean, we've Garish, mentioned it before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was some of the uh, zooming in and out was all over the shot, wasn't it? Really weird angles, some of the big moves, especially when Osprey was coming over the top rope. And um, the replays obviously got a lot of flack from uh, fans. And uh, it seemed to be for the most random of moves, Ollie, rather than <laughs> the most spectacular ones. Yeah, suplex replay. <laughs> Very strange. And some replays from like angles where you couldn't even see the move clearly, <laughs> which is quite something. And yeah, the co- the uh, the cameramen did go to the Kevin Dunn school of camera work, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not the best aspect of it, but I was expecting that, obviously, with the ITV tea time slot and uh, from the pilot previously. I mean, I went in knowing that I was going to have my senses a bit assaulted, so <laughs> perhaps having prepared myself for that, I wasn't too offended by it. But yeah, uh, if that's your bag, then I mean, more power to you, but <laughs> you got to have some seriously sharp senses to sort of be able to <laughs> deal with all those cuts and replays for inane moves. Yeah. You've got to get. It's kind of it's it's wrestling for someone who with no with no attention span because there is so much of, eight of year, that. Eight year old children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Actually, yeah, maybe the geniuses. Um, <laughs> I mean, I kind of I went in with expectations of well, we saw the pilot, so we kind of knew what they were going to do, and I did think they improved on the pilot. It was still very, you know, it's it's a wrestling show on ITV, as Ollie just said. So you're going to get a very gladiator style production. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, so I think it, 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 it looked crisp and, you know, it, it did look modern. It maybe looked maybe a little bit too bright for my taste, but Hey, I'm not exactly the, uh, the target audience here. So I can kind of see what they were going for. And it, it's just so strange wrestling being on TV on a, on a Saturday night at 5 PM on ITV. And if that's going to be the case, then, this is the way the production's always going to be and the way it's always going to look. It just looked like every other one of those uh, ITV-style shows. It was better than celebrity wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give them that. And hopefully they last longer as well. Oh, yes. That's the most backhanded compliment I've ever hit was better than celebrity wrestling. Holy (laughs) court, yeah. (laughs) Slap that on a poster. (laughs) I mean, obviously, this isn't aimed at hardcore fans. Everyone knows that. It's aimed at families, you know, sat down having the tea on a Saturday night. And I think... uh, as far as, like, I've got a few messages from family like you guys did, and uh, my brother, who hasn't really watched wrestling since, like, old Japan and New Japan when we were teenagers, he texted me halfway through and said that his three-year-old child was absolutely loving it. So I suppose, uh, you know, (laughs) that's who it's aimed at, really. And and what was interesting from, uh, I suppose, an ITV business standpoint, um, obviously we won't find out what the ratings are for it for a a while. It's got its own sponsor, Icelolly.com, a holiday travel company, is a specific sponsoring uh, the show so that's certainly good for them and um, I noticed that John Lister noted on Twitter that um, you know there were some pretty big advertisers in in the advert breaks so uh, that's surely a positive for them so uh, yeah I suppose moving forward ITV um, we you know we obviously don't know the rating but based on some of the sponsorship that they're getting for it um, they must be they must be pleased with that so uh, yeah I mean uh, just to tie this all up um, I mean, did it get you intrigued for uh, the next episode, Benno? I think it did. I think I did. I think having that, that bumper teaser at the end was important. Yeah. Teasing the ladder match—that's something, mm. and that'll get the casuals in. Uh, continuing the tag tournament and the, the crowning of a, of a women's champion—it's interesting because I, I, I like that. 
it's not just going to be the same guys next week, is it? They, it looked like there's a lot more new characters mm-hmm. that are going to get bled in next week, and I think that's that's important as well as continuing, you know, the threads that were that were set up this week. So yeah, I, I went in thinking. I'll be open-minded about this. Again, not wrestling particularly designed for me, but uh, an interesting news story, massive implications. You mentioned the the ratings there, Martin. I'll be looking out for them, uh, the, the ratings there that I, that I am <laughs> to see uh, to see how they do. Uh, but I just think it's, it's almost as interesting from a, a social experiment point of view more than it is <laughs> a wrestling show. I just, I, I, I love, like you both mentioned, follow along the, the views of more casual fans. I love wrestling being in the, in the mainstream uh, as it is here. And I love just following along this story of ITV doing this, uh, doing this big show on a Saturday night and WWE at the same time doing their first NXT UK tapings for the new series. It's, there's big things afoot. And yeah, if anything, it's a, it's an interesting news story to follow. So yeah, in in that regard, uh, absolutely can't wait for next week. I think it's going to be uh, going to be more uh, more interesting, and I can't wait to to be on Twitter again with uh, with everybody going crazy. It was it was quite a night to be honest. I was taken back in some ways. The, <laughs> there was a lot of activity on Twitter, but I was getting messages from people of WhatsApp groups going off. It was it did feel like there was a lot of activity. Maybe that will be isolated to the first show, but again, maybe they did enough to to maybe tease people about that that second week show, and uh, and people will come back. Ollie, um, is it is it piqued your interest for episode two? Yeah, it's definitely important to get that that little bumper for next week, and also showing that it's going to be like a different slate of matches. Mm. I, I think that is something that people, like even if it's just children, can get actually hyped over, I guess, throughout the week. So that was definitely a smart move and making this feel a lot less isolated than the special, which was always going to feel a bit isolated. Um, I can't say I'm like on the edge of my seat to see what happens next week, but I think I will give it a look. Um, you know, because I, I enjoyed this show a lot more than like five star wrestling or <laughs> indeed the pilot uh, from way back when. So it was a step step in the right direction for them even if that direction is ultimately, you know, tea time fodder, <laughs> you know, I'm okay with tea time fodder. I watch catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, just before we head out of here, uh, Benno, you put a shout out on the, uh, post wrestling forums at forum.postwrestling.com for, uh, some, some feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. We got a, a few bits of feedback through at uh, a time of recording. Uh, firstly, uh, Gordon in Invercap Scotland uh, came through first. He said, uh, come back Monday night. Raw is all is forgiven. <laughs> this is one of my life. I won't get back. Wow. Firstly, the, <laughs> firstly, the camera work. Was it just me or was it all over the place? I actually felt motion sickness during the tag team match. The fact that they had so long to edit makes it even worse. On paper, this is a fairly strong roster, but to steal a life from Conrad, who booked this shit. Uh, he then goes on to, to talk about the five-man opener having no story, no background, no nothing, just five randoms, which kind of echoes our thoughts as well. Uh, and then talks about the, the Will Ospreay and, and Harry Spiff, uh, Bulldog Jr. or whatever he's called match, to, to quote him and just to say it doesn't work in his opinion. Um, main takeaway from uh, his, his thing here is that the, the main event that it went on with 10 minutes remaining, I think that's an important point. He mentions that he, it felt very slow and messy in spots. And again, they have such a strong roster. I'm not sure why they picked these three to work together to show if you debut mm. episodes. He says, for, for all I love Grado, he doesn't need a belt and doesn't need to be in the main event. The villainous heel in Rampage is a far better choice. Overall, there's so much potential here and I just hope they can sort it out and improve this. 
That's well, interesting take there. I wouldn't. Um, I'd, I think I'd rather watch an hour of this than three hours of Raw. So uh, obviously he was joking there. But um, yeah, so I think he sort of like um, agrees with a lot of the stuff we said. You know, there's certainly some things he could improve. But um, I think overall it was a, a good show. Indeed. Uh, next week we go to Martin from London, uh, our good friend Martin Bentley, not Bushby. Uh, he says the edit and camera work was all over the place. The close-up hard cam was at a wonky angle, and we had a loving tribute to Kevin Dunn with all the camera cuts. <laughs> it was a very hectic watch with four matches in less than an hour and not much time to give background to the wrestlers. That being said, Osprey versus Smith Jr. was excellent for the spot it was in, and Kip Sabian and Easton Rees looked a damn good team. Rampage as champion will give things a different direction than the pilot, teasing Grado indicated, and it's certainly not the worst televised wrestling show I've ever seen. Another one for a t-shirt there. Uh, but it's definitely not my style of wrestling, although the women's three-way next week looks very good. You know, agrees with a lot of the stuff we said, and he certainly points out there that, you know, not my style of wrestling. Obviously, uh, we know Martin on this show, he attends uh, a lot of wrestling shows and i think yeah it's not aimed mainly at fans who are going around the country every weekend is it you know watching your progress as you read pros it's and certainly if uh, it brings more people onto the british wrestling scene then that's certainly a good thing yeah i think definitely i think that's the the important point isn't it it's again we keep saying it it doesn't necessarily have to be for us and if they if they can do that then i think it'll it'll rise all ships and i think it's definitely important um the last bit of feedback we got comes from Stephen Gutteridge, and he says he completely agrees with what the others have said about the camera work, as we said as well. Uh, way too many cuts and often also just entirely the wrong angle being used, which meant moves were either missed or only partially seen. Content-wise, it was between fine and good, but everything in the ring was hurt by the above. I cannot believe any wrestling person had anything to do with the final cut. It looked like it was mm. done by a not very good media student. <laughs> It feels such a shame because the characters and the in-ring talent is there, and I think fast-paced, ultra-athletic, 10 to 15-minute matches will catch on with the mainstream crowd. They've really got to back back to the drawing board and re-edit these episodes for a less jarring final product. Good way to sum that up, really. I think we uh, we definitely uh, shared a lot of those concerns, don't we? Yeah, I think he's definitely right there. You know, it's not a uh, it's clearly not being edited by somebody who, who follows wrestling or is into wrestling. So it's, it's interesting to see if that will change or if we'll can carry on getting these uh, quick edits and uh, weird replays yeah, of random focusing moves. on random moves. Yeah, but <laughs> someone who actually knew about wrestling knows that maybe a suplex isn't the most impressive thing that will happen. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, kind of... I like his point about. Um, sort of focusing on the matches a bit more, like focusing on the athleticism. Again, something my parents said um, was like, you know, they keep talking about how they're athletes and stuff, but like they're also focusing a lot more on like the silly story stuff. I think I think maybe they've sort of missed the mark a bit at who, like what people actually want to see. <laughs> like sometimes people just think that the matches are only for the, the hardcore nerds who only want to star rate everything. But actually, like, that is what wrestling is. <laughs> when you watch a show called World of Sport Wrestling, mm. you expect to see wrestling for the majority of the time. The best bit of the show was the wrestling with Will Ospreay and Davey Boy. Mm. And the worst bit of the show was the talking <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> so I don't know if it if it's going to be more EastEnders, WWE, soap opera stuff. I, I think that might be missing the mark over what people actually want to see in this day and age, even if it's just casuals. I think that's that's smart, isn't it? In in that that was what was so smart about putting Will Ospreay in the tapings because yeah, the the standard, the wrestling across the, even WWE, WWE is a work, great promotion now. They're, you know, Raw they, they they fill those three hour Raws with Seth Rollins type matches. I think the 
the standard of wrestling that people expect is higher, even with casual fans. So I do think that's an important point. Having a Will Ospreay and having strong in-room work is not something you can forget just because you, you're going for a, a casual family uh, kind of audience. So I think ITV, we're, kind of, we're on to a winner there with that. I think that, that's a really important part of a modern wrestling presentation. Uh, I think you'd, you'd really need to, to have combinations of both, don't you? And I think they had that in the first episode. I, just, I worry that, that going forward, you know, we're, we're giving all yeah, but it's going to get worse. Yeah, not the exactly. Not that I'm expecting to listen to us or, or listen to too much of the feedback. <laughs> but if these have all been recorded as a job lot, some of those are worry about that camera work. Mm. Is it really going to improve over the next ten weeks? Uh, this might just be the way it is. Well, yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to see uh, episode two and uh, and this ladder match and this women's three-way. So uh, thanks, everyone, for the feedback. Thanks for listening this week. Of course, head over to postwrestling.com for all the other shows. Uh, John and Way have been doing regular uh, G1 uh, special reviews. Uh, they've been cracking, so be sure to check those out. And our regular Brit Rest Review show will be back on the 8th of August. So um, if you enjoy that show and if you enjoyed this one, please subscribe on iTunes or uh, wherever you get your podcasts from and uh, leave us a review and we'll catch you on the 8th of August.